Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Top-level domestic cricket in Auckland is dying. Maybe already dead. And we're seeing, are we seeing the last pulses of the nervous system, like a chicken losing its head or the final flickers of light as a once bright star in the galaxy of New Zealand cricket finally dies in the night sky. Very poetic, that. Clearly not mine, but very good. For our largest city to have second-rate facilities for our premier teams and competitions, and the lack of a world-class cricketing facility in Auckland says a lot in itself. Someone or someone's... Uh, making big decision in boardrooms somewhere who may understand spreadsheets and bottom lines as such but don't have the game's best interests at heart. And some of those decisions made years ago are now coming home to roost. Now a man who is certainly passionate about the game and definitely has its best interests at heart uh, is sports freak Graham Beasley. He joins us now to talk about uh, that off the back of his article on sportsfreak.co.nz featuring the very sad sight of Eden Park number two, or the home of Auckland cricket, looking more like a harbour or a waterfront stadium. Welcome back, Graham. Great article on your website. Um, that picture really did sum it up. It was pretty ugly. It was pretty ugly, and um, <clears throat> I saw that photo last week during the Auckland floods of pretty much the main ground at Eden Park draining into the outer oval, and I thought that was quite symbolic about what's been happening with cricket and rugby in Auckland for, for decades, really. Um, and, and cricket, unfortunately, is the um, is is the bullied one. It's the bullied sport. It's the bullied cousin sort of thing. Um, and, and this, I thought, was a symbolism of rugby basically dumping on cricket in our biggest city. And I think it just reinforced to me how strange it is that in easily our biggest city, there is no decent cricket venue. Um, Um, and we've now got a situation where the Auckland men and women's team may not play at home again this year. Um, you know, from all accounts, the outer oval is still absolutely sodden. It'll take a long time to get that pitch in the ground up to a situation where it can um, can host first-class cricket again um, for this season. And that, that to me, is just seems so third world, really. Surely, uh, Graham, this has been on the agenda of boards over the years and a front of board members for a long, long period of time, yet no one's done anything about it. Is that how you see it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, Eden Park Main Ground has hosted, I think, three or four tests in the last 20 years, basically since since New Zealand cricket made the decision around 2005 to, to move away from rugby stadiums and into purpose-built cricket ground. Um, they've only had, yeah, as I say, a very small number of tests. Um, and then at the first class level, I mean, who seriously thinks that Eden Park Outer Oval is a first class ground? Not me. I, I don't. Um, I mean, it, it just uh, it, it, it just isn't big enough. 
it just isn't big enough, Graham. Uh, it, it's as simple as that. And then its dimensions, etc. It's just not user friendly. I mean, does it get? Do they get good crowds there for Auckland cricket now for Super Smash and Ford Trophy? Oh, we might have uh, lost Graham. Um, oh, right. Okay. No, I'm still here. Okay, keep going, mate. Yeah, so we, you're cutting in and out, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have thought it would hold as many as 2,000 in that ground, really. Um, so as I say, they, they tried Colin Maiden for a while, but that's gone into neglect, and we've had games that have been called off there this season. There was talk about Albany. Um, so when that stadium was developed in the 1990s, supposedly it was to have a second ground, which was going to be used for cricket, and they never got around to finishing that off. And then, so I know that it's New Zealand cricket's preferred option to go to Western Springs, but the people actually getting in the way is Cricket Auckland, because they get a five hundred. It's meant to be around five hundred thousand dollars a year from the Eden Park Trust, and so it's a near selfish interest to stay at these subpar grounds at Eden Park and not move to Western Springs, which would be for the benefit of the game long term for this city and very much for the benefit of the game in the country. You know, we, we've got a situation at the moment where, because most of the sponsors are based in Auckland, New Zealand cricket is bussing these sponsors down to Hamilton once a year. It's, it's, it's pretty comical, really. Uh, well, uh, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I just can't see how it can have got to the point where they have to do that, or even uh, further afield. I imagine, imagine uh, there'll be a busload going down to... Um, Mount Maunganui next week, I, I would imagine too. So, yeah, uh, I so. yeah. Uh, uh, let's look at um, uh, the options. I mean, what do you need in a cricket ground? You need, first of all, you need um, you, you need an acceptable playing surface and a big enough playing surface. So that that's point mm-hmm. one, right? So uh, that that rules out um, that rules out Eden Park as an ongoing thing, surely. Um, Yep. But you also okay. need you also need facilities. Um, you need car parking. Eden Park's a, a bummer for that, unless there's only about a hundred people go. Um, so you look at the the grounds that are being built. The, the, I mean, you look at the ones like the Basin Reserve. They're accessible to the city, and that's is is that not a trend these days? Uh, Western Springs is a bit of a danger, although you've got the motorway. I, I'm thinking more in terms of the like of a Victoria Park, walking distance to everything you'd need to sort of close off a road or two for you to build that, wouldn't you? Because, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be big enough anyway at the moment. So they'd need to build, uh, buy up a bit of property or do some kind of deal there. Um, and I'm not sure, even though it is central, getting in and out of there might be a bit tricky. Um, so, I mean, I, my understanding is New Zealand cricket's preference to, to go to Western Springs, but Auckland cricket are digging their toes in. And then also there's the complication of a speedway. Who, who don't want to give it up and they start tradition. But they have built a new speedway track down in Manuka. Um So, you know, s- someone just needs to make the hard decision, stop playing tennis and be the mayor of Auckland and say, no, Western Springs is going to be used for cricket. We're going to plough some money into it, um, make it, say, 20,000 capacity, which I think is probably right for cricket in our biggest city, um, put some lights in there um, and, and, and just do it properly. What's the club situation like there in Auckland? Well, I don't live in Auckland, so I'm not really close enough to know what the club situation is like. Um, I mean, it, it could well be struggling like uh, like in a lot of other big cities. 
Um, but it also doesn't help if you can't get children and club players to go along and watch cricket on a regular basis. You know, they, they we've got a whole generation that's grown up in Auckland now that has not had the opportunity to go and watch test cricket. And a pretty unattractive options to watch first class cricket or super smack or whatever. Um, and, where would you and say that? Have a long term where would you say the home of New Zealand cricket is now? Then, Graham. Well, I'm biased, but I'd say the basin. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, any yeah. any book on New Zealand cricket, men and white or whatever, it has a photo of the basin on the front cover. Right. Okay. Um, I don't think um, it's Hagley yet. Hagley still has the appearance of being a bit temporary. You know, uh, the, they've still got portaloos at Hagley. So um, if you put it that way, there's no real shade or shelter there. Um, so I would say it is the basin. But it's a bit odd to have the home of cricket and not your biggest city. Right, OK. Um, Eden Park Eden Park number one then. Eden Park number one. What's its future? Is it just white ball cricket? Or does it have one? Even then, it's not getting as much white ball cricket as it used to. But yeah, I would say it's solely white ball and maybe even really only T20. Um, you know, with, the, with those short boundaries straight, I don't think that's um, sustainable in the long term. Um, so I think as a temporary T20 ground, it'll be OK. Um, you know, maybe maybe used for World Cups. Well, I don't know when when or if we're going to get another one of those. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. I think the, the one option that New Zealand cricket might have, and this would be going a bit nuclear, is to remove the warrant of fitness from Eden Park number two, which is a thing that they've done in other grounds. Like at the moment, they're looking at removing it from Pukakura Park. Now, Pukakura Park, even though it's not perfect either, I think is more of a first-class ground than Eden Park number two. Very small, very small. Um, Eden Park's very small. I can see why they're looking at that. But if you're going to remove the Warrant of Fitness for Pukakura Park, I think there's a really good argument that you do it for um, Eden Park Outer Oval, and that would force Auckland Cricket's hand. How long do you think, or would would you think, um, the moving um, to uh, a Western Springs-type facility would take? I mean, how long do you think, Graham, that that kind of exercise would take? To upgrade Hagley Oval, I think, from memory. It took two years to upgrade the basin in the late 70s. Um, so I would say to that two two to three year period, depending on if, if they want to do it in stages as well. I mean, the upgrade of the Bay Oval over the last few years, that's been done sort of bit by bit. Um, you know, they, they built that new bank, then they built the media facilities, and they built lights and all that kind of stuff. Basically, every, every year they made an incremental change. So they could try taking that approach, I guess. Um, so probably for the full job, it'll be around five years. I've just had a if text in from it. from Sean to say, what about Cornwall Park um, next to Alexandra Park? You've got to be big enough, wouldn't it? Yeah, that, that I, could I, be an option. I mean, I, I, it's kind of like, like the old ad, you know, I don't really care where as long as it, it moves from where, where it currently. So, so because of that, um, and, and it impacts, of course, on Aucklanders, Graham, as well, um, how big an effect do you, do you think, I mean, New Zealand, uh, this could have on New Zealand cricket, looking at the biggest population base not having a home? Um, I think it's got a big effect. 
Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, uh, uh, imagine if there was no test cricket ground in London, you know, <laughs> and. No other cricket playing nation in the world that does not have a proper test venue and now even a proper first class venue in what is by far the biggest city. It's, um, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, they'd be missing out on all sorts of um, gate takings, sponsorships, all that kind of stuff. I mean, some of those larger corporates, as we were talking about before, you get bust to the mount, etc. So they're not getting the return for their investment that they should be getting. Um, and I'd imagine that they would be agitating as well. I'm just trying, I'm racking my brains here while you're answering these questions, just just trying to find out what's going to spark it. What, what what has to happen to spark? I mean, okay, a flooded ground, the fact that it's uh, not going to get any cricket this year, uh, obviously inadequate in that regard. What is going to spark it, Graham, uh, to finally have something done in this regard? I think it probably needs someone to really stand up and make it a bit of a big issue. Um, now, whether that's someone within cricket or someone within, you know, maybe, maybe someone even at the Eden Park board should actually look at the wider picture, just don't look at self-interest and say, actually, this isn't working, this is not sustainable, um, it's not fitting, you know, the glove doesn't fit the hand, um, it is time for someone to do something else. And then it would probably take some leadership at a council level, um, New Zealand cricket, as I say, maybe they need to play harder ball on this and, you know, talk about round of fitnesses, etc. Um, and just for people to, re- and, and maybe there's even some central government um, intervention. Maybe you know, it's a thing that, that, that a Minister of Sport needs to take some leadership off. So if all those different people had an opinion on it, started advocating for it to move, if they could agree on where it goes to, which, as we've been talking the last 10 minutes, is still a bit of a stumbling block, isn't it? You know, I don't think there's full agreement on where it should go, but maybe just make the call. Um, and even if the location isn't perfect, like Western Springs, at least you can have been in a situation where the ground is perfect. Um, and in long term, that might be what matters more. It just makes you wonder. All those years back, uh, if they had a bit, the, if they bit the bullet and said, "Right, we're going to the Waterfront Stadium," they wouldn't have had a cricket ground at the Waterfront Stadium, but they'd have had something by no. now, surely. Well, if they had gone to the Waterfront Stadium, um, I think the plan was at the time that they would turn Eden Park back into more of a cricket ground, which is actually what it started being going way back. You know, over 100 years ago. It was originally a cricket ground before rugby got played there. Um, so, you know, maybe as part of the deal, you're selling off the outer oval, you're selling off a lot of the car parks, etc. You take down a stand or two, you build a bank. Because um, remember that waterfront stadium, that was all going to be government paid, government funded, centrally funded. Um, and for some reason they blinked and didn't go with that. And I think they, they would look back on that decision 20 years ago and say that they did get it wrong. Well, I've got to say, Graham, uh, from a Wellingtonian's point of view and a Basin Reserve man, uh, I really uh, it adds more to your article, actually, uh, to me. So I appreciate it. I enjoyed reading the article. I urge people to do Thank so. Um, and um, we'll just see if it, if it sparks some interest or sparks some comment, at least. And if you've got comment or reaction, uh, then maybe you've uh, you've halfway to first base. Thanks very much for your time, Graham. Great talking to you. Yeah, and of course, as a, as, as a Wellingtonian, from a selfish point of view, this is great. It means that we get more tests at the basin. But again, the, the, there is a, a much bigger picture out there. 
Yeah, long long may they continue to. Good on you, Graham. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just uh, Graham Beasley there and um, Sports Freak. Uh, look it up on Sports Freak. Um, interesting, very interesting indeed. In the photo, um, look, waist deep water um, coming in from the number one ground as they drained the number one ground. Pretty ugly sight. Uh, yeah, they won't be playing cricket there. Yeah, I wouldn't think they'll be able to play cricket there for quite some time and get a half-decent wicket block. I mean, it would just be hopeless. It's, uh, they were battling at the best of times anyway. Uh, 9.47 here on SCNZ. Quite sad.